0: I'm sure you've heard about time management so many times in the past, you probably don't really want to hear yet another person tell you how you need to manage your time in order to succeed. Well, you're in luck. I am not going to tell you to manage your time. In fact, I have a shocking revelation for you. Trying to manage time is actually a waste of time. It's true. And in this episode, I'll explain why it's true. This is episode eight of the Making Connections podcast. I spent most of my life working hard to build someone else's dreams, only to end up with no job, no severance pay, and only one week's notice. I vowed to find a way to build the dreams I had put on the back burner. The question is, How does a woman in her 60s build a successful online business from scratch while working a full-time job and without going into debt? This podcast is here to give you the answers. Follow along as I learn and share the best tools, resources, and connections to help you grow your own online business. My name is Cherie Miller. Welcome to the Making Connections podcast. Can we really manage time? To manage is defined as to be in charge of, to administer, or to run. Well, I have news for you. You can't manage time. You have 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year, or 366 in leap years. No more and no less. You can't manage that time effectively or ineffectively. You can't manage it at all. In fact, there's absolutely nothing you can do to alter that time in any way, shape, or form. Unless, of course, you're talking about Einstein time. Einstein showed that time is an illusion and is actually relative. It can vary for different observers depending on their speed through space, but I'm assuming you aren't planning to travel through space anytime soon, so. Let's just stick with a normal relative time of earthlings for this podcast. So if we can't manage time, what can we manage? We can only manage ourselves. And this is where things can get a bit sticky. If you're anything like me, and you've taken a number of trainings from people, especially entrepreneurs, who seem to be a breed of their own. You've probably experienced the high level of shaming that takes place trying to convince people that the only reason they aren't successful as Susie is because they're watching too much Netflix, binging on episodes of Housewives, or something equally mind-numbing and unproductive. I always resented that part of a talker training. Personally, I gave up television years ago. I don't subscribe to Netflix, and I don't binge watch on YouTube. I will occasionally spend more time than necessary scrolling through my Facebook feed to catch up with friends and family, but certainly not the number of hours we frequently hear about people wasting. So I promise not to go there. I think you're probably quite a bit like me, and most of your leisure time is either spent with family or with God or learning. But let's talk about typical time management just for a little bit. By definition, It's the process of organizing and planning how to divide your time between specific activities. It should allow you to get more done in less time with little to no stress. Good so far? It's important to get away from being busy to being effective. One of the first things many time management people will tell you to do is to audit your time. They'll tell you that in order to manage your time, you have to track where it's going first. And while this may be useful for some people, I also consider this a colossal waste of time. If I have to stop what I'm doing to record how I'm spending my time every few minutes, my productivity is going to go way down. I understand the concept. It's kind of like starting a budget. You have to know where you're spending your money, and then you have to rein that back in. But in both cases, I think you can set a budget or a schedule and then make alterations as you go. One of the biggest problems we face, again true for money and time, is that we tend to underestimate how much we need. You may think you can buy groceries for just $75 a week, but typically you can expect to add an additional 50% to whatever amount you've set for groceries. And you may think you can research and write your podcast episode in 60 minutes, but. It's probably going to take you closer to 90 to get it done. But rather than tracking your time for a week or two to figure out how long it takes, why not just set aside 90 minutes and adjust the time if you need more or less time to accomplish the task? I think planning is huge. Few of us take time to make a plan. Again, true for money and for time. Just as it's helpful to review and balance your checkbook weekly, It's also a great idea to have a weekly planning session for how you're going to spend your time the coming week. It'll help you focus on your priorities. This is as good a time as any to mention one of my favorite mentors, Darren Hardy. I've followed him for several years. I subscribe to his Darren Daily emails. I've read his books, The Compound Effect, The Entrepreneur Rollercoaster, and Living Your Best Year Ever, which is actually more of a goal-setting daily planner In fact, after several years, he's just published an updated edition of Best Year Ever, which I'm anxiously awaiting to arrive in the mail. But in the Best Year Ever, Darren guides you through seven steps. Finding your why and committing. The previous year in review. Gratitude. Life assessment and balance sheet. The grand design, or what do you want. The you factor, or who do you need to become and your plan of action. The plan of action is the bulk of this book. You determine your big three goals for the coming year, when you're going to complete them, and the baby steps from here to there with dates, and what you need to accomplish these goals. The people, the tools, the resources, the training, the self-development, hmm. all the things I'm going to be sharing with you on making connections. Well, anyway, the last half of the book, Consists of assessment sheets for each week, month, and quarter to keep you on track and measure your progress. The entire book is undated, so you can start it at any time of the year you want. Some people start it at the beginning of the year, and some start it at their own personal new year, their birthday, and others start it just because they're ready to commit to making a big change in their life. Whenever you write your goals, I encourage you to write them in the present tense. And be specific. So instead of saying something really vague like, I will lose weight, write something more specific like, I weigh 135 pounds on June 30th. I'll probably do an entire episode on bookending the day at some point, but I'm gonna focus this episode just on your work hours, whether that's working in an office for someone else or working for yourself most people find the first hour of their workday the most productive. And that's a good time to minimize distractions and buckle down and tackle some of your most difficult tasks. Ironically, it's also usually the time that most people visit with their coworkers, drink coffee, eat the pastry someone brought in. Well, I would encourage you to make your good mornings brief, Skip the pastries altogether because they're just going to cause a major energy drop once that sugar has metabolized in your system. And instead, buckle down and get some work done. Mark Twain once said, if it's your job to eat a frog, it's best to do it first thing in the morning. And if it's your job to eat two frogs, it's best to eat the biggest one first. So plan to tackle those tasks that you're dreading as early in the day as possible to get them crossed off your list. That's also going to give you an additional boost of energy to go through your other tasks. Focus on one task at a time. We live in a culture that values and praises multitasking, but researchers have proven that multitasking is a myth. You simply can't focus on multiple things at once and be as effective as you can when you focus on just one thing at a time. It's actually impossible to focus on more than one thing at a time. People who say they are good multitaskers are actually switching from one task to another, and it's been proven that when you switch between tasks, you're not only losing time while your brain is trying to refocus and catch back up to where it was before the interruption, but you're also losing quality. Don't believe me? Give it a try today. Choose four similar tasks, set a timer, and work on two of those tasks simultaneously until you've completed them both. Now, set a timer and do the other two tasks one at a time, If you don't complete the second set of tasks faster, I want to know. Really? Send me a message or leave me a comment. I think you'll be surprised at the difference. Getting an online business up and running can be difficult, but with ClickFunnels' One Funnel Away Challenge, you can have everything up, running, and optimized in just 30 days join the next One Funnel Away Challenge for just $100 at bit.ly B-I-T slash OFA Challenge Offer. That's bit.ly OFA Challenge Offer. Welcome back. Speaking of focus, did you know that your brain can only focus effectively for short periods of time? I've heard anywhere from 60 to 90 minutes before you start to become less effective. But we're scheduled to work eight hours a day, usually with a lunch break somewhere in the middle. And those four-hour stretches are longer than our brain can effectively focus on a task. So what's the answer? Take breaks every 90 minutes. Most work schedules allow a 15-minute break after two hours. But if you can work for 57 minutes and then take a three-minute break, Even if it's just to stand up, stretch, and walk to the water cooler for a drink of water, that's even better. Try it for a week and see if it doesn't improve your energy levels and your productivity. Develop the ability to just say no. Or if that's really difficult for you, learn to say, let me check my schedule and get back to you. That will buy you some time before you overcommit yourself. And you can evaluate whether or not you actually have the time and the energy available to say yes. Remember that every yes is actually a no to something else. And follow the Pareto Principle, also known as the 80 20 rule. Basically, the rule is that 80% of your success comes from 20% of your actions. So identify that important 20% and focus on those tasks. The reverse of this principle is also true. 80% of the effort is caused by only 20% of your tasks. So if you can eliminate or delegate those tasks whenever possible, you'll be able to focus on the things that truly matter. Another important but seldom recognized factor on your productivity is clutter and disorganization. Not only can clutter cause you to lose your focus, but how much time is wasted looking for something when you're disorganized. I know I vow frequently, every time I can't find the top I was planning to wear, that I'm going to get more organized. Now don't try to tackle everything and get it all organized and decluttered in a single day. Start small. Another group I'm involved in actually sends an email every day of the year with a 15 minute goal to declutter and organize. Just 15 minutes a day. Start small, and as your environment becomes less cluttered, so will your brain. Most of us try to respond to increasing work demands by working longer hours. But the problem is, as we discussed in the beginning of this episode, hours are finite. You only have 24 of them in a day. Instead, I suggest you focus on spending energy instead of time. Energy is renewable. Time is not. In order to perform at your peak, you have to manage the energy in the four quadrants of your life, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. Something as seemingly unconnected as getting enough sleep or drinking enough water can have a huge effect on your energy levels and your productivity. It's critical to recharge yourself and to recognize what activities deplete your energy. If something's draining your energy, you need to replace it with something that will fuel you instead. And yes, I can hear some of you saying that your work depletes your energy. I know. I've been there too. I totally get it. And you have two choices. You can find different work to do, or you can find something in the work you do that brings you joy. Something as simple as changing your immediate surroundings at your office can make a huge difference in your energy levels. I'm not going to go deep into each of the four quadrants. Honestly, most of us know what we need to do anyway. In the physical, we need to eat nutritious food, drink plenty of water, get plenty of exercise, and get plenty of sleep. In the emotional realm, you can become more aware of your feelings at different points of the day with different people and during different activities. How can you create more energy producing moments and eliminate more energy depleting moments? Stopping to take several breaths throughout the day, maybe during those three minute breaks, can have a huge impact on your energy. So can practicing gratitude and expressing appreciation to others. You know, random acts of kindness don't just affect the receiver, they also affect the giver. In the mental realm, there's nothing more important than changing your thoughts. We need to rewrite the stories we tell ourselves. For more on this, listen to episode two, what is neuroplasticity and why is it important? Compartmentalizing tasks to improve focus is another great way to conserve your mental energy. Sometimes even changing a physical location based on the type of task can drastically improve your productivity. Set up time blocks for things like checking your email instead of checking it all day long. Set time blocks for making phone calls. In the spiritual realm, it's important to feel as though your life has meaning and purpose. This doesn't have to be something huge like curing cancer. Your purpose may be to be kind to everyone you meet. Or maybe you can find an underlying purpose to your job. What do you want to be remembered for? You know, one of the biggest compliments I've ever received was from a coworker who said it seemed that no matter who asked me for help at work, my response was always an energetic, absolutely. It's important to clarify your priorities do what you enjoy and do best and live your core values in every area of your life if you're living a life of congruence and integrity it will keep you from depleting your energy and of course i can't leave this fourth quadrant without quoting one of my favorite scriptures isaiah 40:31 those who hope in the lord will renew their strength they will soar on wings like eagles they will run and not grow weary They will walk and not be faint. Knowing that God has a purpose for your life and having hope in him will renew your strength. No one is in charge of your energy but you. You get to decide how to spend it, share it, drain it, and renew it. When you manage your energy instead of trying to manage your time, you'll be able to perform at your best no matter what life throws at you. I want to thank you for spending time with me today. I don't take that lightly. I know there are plenty of other things you could have done instead. I appreciate our time together, and I appreciate you. I have a huge favor to ask. I have a birthday coming up, and it would be so amazing if for my birthday, you could give me a five-star rating and write a review of my podcast. And what would be totally awesome is if you could do that on Tuesday, March 10th, which isn't my actual birthday, but it's close enough. I heard that multiple reviews on the same day will prompt Apple to recommend my podcast to more listeners. And if you know someone who might get something out of this podcast, don't keep it a secret. Please share. Until the next time, I love you. I believe in you. I know you have a gift inside of you that the world needs. It's time.